On today's podcast, we have Julianne Taylor Style. Join me today as we celebrate Juju. Hello, Juju. Hey, how are you? I'm good. You know, it's been a good start to the year. And, you know, January is off and running and just, you know, it's a, it's a good start to the year. Last January was not a very good start to the year. I had breast cancer surgeries and all kinds of stuff, radiation on the horizon. So it, this year is a totally different experience. I forgot about that. Yeah. So, I mean, I was diagnosed with breast cancer the Friday before Thanksgiving in 2021. And so December, January, I had like two surgeries. And then last spring I had to do radiation. And so, you know, last year was just kind of a shit show. I mean, it just, the latter half of the year was better, but you know, this year we're, we're going for it. How are you feeling? I feel good. You know, I'm feeling a lot stronger. I'm getting back into the gym and doing my strength training and feeling stronger. I think that like also with everybody, there's a lingering effect from COVID. Yes. And I think if you've had COVID months later, you know, there's joint pain or you feel very fatigued or your brain is foggy. I, I think there are lots of lingering effects from that virus that is just really, it's really been tough on a lot of people, myself included. I mean, I had it a year ago, but I, I feel like sometimes the fatigue I had last year was not just because of cancer or radiation. I, I felt mm -hmm. like there was just this lingering long-term fatigue. How did you find out that you had breast cancer? Um, that Q4 of 2021, I had not been to get my physical in four years. Okay. And I had like this just kind of whisper. I mean, I call it, you know, my, just a Jesus kiss where it was like, you really need to you need to go take care of yourself. Like you need to go get yourself checked out. And I think as moms, and I talk about this a lot, <clears throat> as moms, we're always, we make sure our kids get to the dentist. We make sure their appointments are taken care of. But a lot of times we put ourselves in the back seat and we put ourselves at the last priority. We don't prioritize our health, the self-care, mental care, any of those things, because we're so busy taking care of our family units and extended family units, whether we have an aging parent or a disabled relative or anything like that. And so I had this sort of whispering about, you know, you, you need to go take care of yourself. And so I just scheduled a regular physical. And I went and they're like, well, let's get your, your mammogram done. And I was like, okay, go and get that. And boom, there it is. And had I waited, I mean, I was at stage one, had I waited, you know, four more years, I would most likely be at stage four. So I think that, you know, it's just a prime example where ladies like go take care of yourselves. Because yeah. my story could have been very different. And a lot of other women's stories are very different. But how, so everything's good. You have a clean bill of health. And yes, you're doing everything's good. Um, you know, we're going to, I had my one year follow up in December and everything was clear. So I'm, yeah, I'm feeling good. I, I met you at the Say It Southern Getaway. So I know you from that. And of course, social media, because I've been following you. And I actually followed you years ago. I was following you and Teggy years ago, and then I was so unhappy with myself that it was so hard to follow other people that seemed to have it fun or colorful or bright or put together. It was too much for me. And so I had to pull back and step away and like really choreograph who I was following to make sure I got fed the right way that I needed at the time. And then I started following you again. I'm like, why did I ever quit? She's She's like the fairy godmother. You have so much good information to share with people. Do you feel like you bibbidi-bobbidi-boo? You help people with your information that you're sharing about how to build a business and all the different things that you encourage us to do, like you just said about taking care of ourselves. And so I feel like you don't even realize that you're a fairy godmother, that you touch lives in a much more deeper, meaningful way than you ever know. So it kind of gives you like that Cinderella moment where you feel lost and, and 
uncared for or unknown. And you just need that little bit of encouragement because you do that on the daily. You really do. I don't know if you realize that. Well, that's very kind of you to say. I, you know, I've really sort of focused on stepping into my purpose. And part of my purpose is it's, it's not about me anymore. It's really about all of the women in particular that I have the ability to impact. And I'm a big believer in paying it forward. Um, <clears throat> I am very supportive of feminine energy in all sorts of ways. You know, the way I look at it is I'm like, if you're a female and we listen, we love men. This is not against men, but I think women have been at such a disadvantage. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, you're you're a female and you need that Parkinson's. Take it. I'm like, you're a female. You need to cut. And come on, girl, get in here. Yes. You know, I am about moving away, you know, peeling back the curtain, opening the doors, especially if you're a female. If you need my help, I'm I'm a girl's girl. I am all about that. And I think that especially when it comes to social media, to touch on what you mentioned, I think that everyone's giving out their highlight reel. And so sometimes it's really, you can very easily think that someone's life is perfect. No one's life is perfect, but a lot of people are not able to share the dirty dishes in the sink or, you know, this is really sucky or, you know, I'm having a down day or what have you. Those things happen to me too. And, you know, I have gotten more and more comfortable. You know, I mean, I was one of the OGs when it comes to Instagram. I mean, I years ago, eight years ago, I was hiring photographers and, you know, creating these beautiful stylized images and batching all of these images that you would trickle out over the course of the year. I mean, that's what we did back then. And I have gotten a lot more comfortable just sharing what my life is. And it's been really wonderful to see, you know, the little community that we've built connecting with other people that are like me too. That happens to me too. And I think the more, you know, I, I get that wearing a sequin turban and a caftan, I mean, that's, that's extra, that's over the top uh, from a lot of people's perspectives but I am someone who wants to live fully alive. I am thankful for every day that I have. And my journey has not been easy. Um, and because of that, I, I want to take life by the horns. I, I want to, I don't want to be under the cover of what will people think. So I wear what I want to, if it brings me joy. Now, do I still have social anxiety or feelings of like, are people going to think this is stupid, you know, or (laughs) are they going to laugh at me or sure I'm human, but at the end of the day, I'm still probably going to wear it because it makes me happy and it brings me joy. I did a piece of content last week where I was going to an event and I really wanted to wear this hat. Now I don't normally wear hats. I, I will wear a turban or a headband, but I don't normally wear like a fedora or a hat. And I had this beautiful turquoise hat that I wanted to wear. So I found an outfit and my daughter came home from school and she was like, is this a theme party you're going to? Because I I look, you know, she's like, are you going to like a cowgirl themed party? And I was like, dude, you know, I immediately was like, no, we might need to rethink this hat. But I still wore the hat because I was like, this hat brings me joy. Mm-hmm. If people don't like it, well, that that's a them problem, right? I mean, that's, that's a them problem because I love it. It brings me joy and I want to wear the hat. And I was so glad that I did because there, for every one person that probably didn't like it, there were 10 more that were like, that hat is stunning. I love that hat. Oh, I'm, I'm so crazy in love with that hat. And so I really feel like my role in life and my purpose is to give people permission to do what they love, whether it's what you want to wear, how you want to earn your money, how you operate your business, how you make a chicken and dumplings recipe. 
it could be a lot of different things. I want to help women see that it's okay to just be yourself. How did you get to this place of peace to want to get to that place to how to be yourself? I'm right now, I'm 45 and I got the message this, well, that's last year to where you said you focus on everybody else. It's not about you. You've passed that. You're taking care of others. You're helping other women. I was called the complete opposite. Quit taking care of everybody else. Quit worrying about everybody else. Quit helping everybody else. You got to start focusing on yourself and helping yourself and helping your business and helping your family worry about you. And so that was the message that I got last year. So that's what I've been doing. So how did you, how did you get to this place that you're at now? I think that, and I love what, what you're saying, because I do think there is a balance there. And I feel like when your cup is full, you're able to let it overflow to spill out for other people. It's so easy to give because I have that spiritual gift of encouragement. So I'm constantly, and it's probably, I did it to not focus on the things that were going on in my own life. You know, if somebody else is hurt or upset or somebody was sick or things of that nature, you know, go give them a casserole or bake some goods or do something, but I wasn't doing it on the inside. Does that make sense? Yes. And I I think it has to start with filling up your cup first. So taking care of yourself, making sure your needs are met, that whatever trauma or baggage, I mean, we're, we're all, every single one of us walking this earth is a sum of every age of ourselves. So for me, 12-year-old me is in there, 22-year-old me, 35-year-old me, 40-year-old me, all of those me's are inside of me. And I don't care what anybody says, everybody needs a little therapy to heal our 12-year-old selves. Yeah. And I believe that is the key that has really helped me change my perspective on what my purpose is in life because I am, and it's still, I mean, I I just had therapy last week. I am still healing all of the ages of myself that I carry with me. You know, when I meet someone who's 50, 60, 70, and they've never done any inner child work or exploratory work on to heal themselves, I think you miss out on the true joy of life because you are blocked. And so for me, that has been the key for me to fill up my cup because I've been able to heal that little, little juju inside of me. I've been able to heal her and that has allowed me to then have enough to overflow, to help other people. So, okay. We're going to back up for a minute. You live in Charleston. Were you brought up there? Is that where you were born and raised? I'm originally from Columbia, South Carolina. It's about 90 minutes away and we don't have any family or anything here in Charleston prior to moving here. My husband and I lived overseas for 10 years and he had a long career with General Motors and we lived in Spain, China, Korea, Australia. And when we decided to, we could have stayed overseas probably forever, um, but we just really wanted to get out off of that expat train. And we decided to move back to the U.S. and we looked and looked and thought like, where do we want to set some roots down? Where do we want to raise our children? And we picked Charleston and we have never regretted that. Uh Uh-uh. I love, I've been there one time. It was my wish to go. And we went there for a like delayed anniversary, you know, trip. And I, I loved it. I cried when we left. I did not want to leave. I loved it. It was so it was, it was everything I wanted it to be. It was so pretty and nice and out, the food was good and the buildings are pretty and everybody, you know, and, and it's much more relaxed. The environment that I saw was much more relaxed than I anticipated because it's on the coast. Yeah. Most people that you run across here are really happy. People are happy to be here. I have heard story after story after story of people that will say, We came here on vacation and we both looked at each other and we're like, we got to figure out how to move here. And we did. And so I've run across so many people 
that that is their story of we came here, we loved it, and we figured out how to get here. And I think that the last couple of years, there's been a huge influx of people moving to Charleston because, you know, they're like, well, my job's virtual now. I can live wherever I want to. So why do I want to live somewhere that I'm not happy? I want to move to Charleston. And you have three kids, right? I do. They're uh, 13, 14, and 16. So we are full on into the teenage years. Daughter is 11. So you know exactly what I'm about to enter into. Mm-hmm. Yes. Do you have any advice for me as a mother for middle school? Because I've been praying since fourth grade. <laughs> because I just know everybody just says, <clears throat> just hang tight because middle school is a beast. Well, one of the things that I have learned throughout my time as a parent, and this really was sort of life changing for me, it's the idea, this is not my idea, I heard this somewhere else, that parenting is the constant action of letting go. Oh my gosh. Okay. And if you really look at it from that perspective, everything that you're doing, you're teaching them how to be self-sufficient because they're going to be gone someday. And you're sort of releasing that parental control when they're five, you know, when they're five months, you're trying to keep them alive, right? Yeah. Don't touch that. No, stay away. Five years, 15, there's this constant action of letting go. And it really, you know, if you think about parenting from that perspective, it really does sort of help you understand, okay, how many days, how many years before they're gone? And my son, who's in 10th grade now, I mean, we talked about it even at Christmas, like, oh gosh, you know, after this, we only have two more Christmases with Blake before he's gone. Or we're making summer plans and we're like, we've got to make these summer trips really count because we only have him for two more summers before he leaves. So when you start putting things into perspective like that, do you think it helps you get in the mindset of getting ready for being an empty nester? And I will say that these are hard years because they don't want to have anything to do with you. You are non-existent. I don't want to be seen with you. I don't need your advice. I know everything already. Um, Whatever you're doing is cringy and stupid. And so (laughs) go from them being very snuggly and cuddly to them not even wanting to, to hold your hand in public. Like you can't even latch onto them in public. They don't even want you to exist. And I, at one point, um, a few months ago, I said to my kids, I was like, no pressure, but if, if you ever want to just like, give me a hug or a kiss, you know, that would just delight my little heart. That would make my heart so happy, but no pressure. But I'm just saying that that would be received in such a wonderful way. If you, if you ever decide you want to give me a hug or anything, and they kind of just like laughed and, you know, gave me a little side eye, but in the weeks following that every now and then out of the blue, they will just come and like, give me a hug or a kiss. And I'm just like, Oh, that just made my day. Thank you so much. I love you. But it's, they're just in that phase and man, it can hurt sometimes. Tell me a little bit about your journey to Taylor Burke home, because that's how I initially found you was from your interior design. Yes. So Taylor Burke home is a custom to the trade luxury upholstery company. It's all made in North Carolina and it ships all over the U S I've had that company for about 12 years. I'm not as involved in that company anymore. I have other people that run it and, it, it has really opened a lot of doors for me, but mo- uh, there are quite a few people like yourself that are sort of connect me with that company. In 2015, I launched a whole separate company, which is what I'm really involved in now. And that's Julian Taylor style, which is my own personal brand. It's sort of a lot. It's sort of an umbrella company for my licensed collections of home decor products. So Wallpaper, artwork, tabletop, I've dabbled into fashion. A lot of people don't know that I design products for other companies. 
I have a lot of joy in doing that. And I'm also a digital content creator. So I work with national and local brands to create digital ads for them on Reels and TikTok to promote their products. And I'm also a business coach. So I host a mastermind every week with creative entrepreneurs. And our goal is to help more women reach a million dollars in revenue in their businesses. My thing is I help women make more money, period. Like that that's what I do. And that's sort of a newer relationship. I've been doing business coaching for a long time, but I formalized that sort of an arrangement with the BRIM, which is a national organization. And our goals are definitely aligned. We have a lot of synergy around helping women. You know, we love men too. So we do have a a few men in the group, but (laughs) our our main customer is helping more women hit a million dollars of revenue in their businesses. And so there's a program that I teach that's part of what we call the revenue accelerator. And it is to get you to that goal. So we have a lot of women that are selling 200,000 or 500,000 or wherever they are in their journey, in their entrepreneurial journey, we help you get to a million. I'm super passionate about all three of those things because I like the variety. I couldn't just coach every single day of my life that, you know, and I can't just create content every day or design products. I like to have a lot of variety, but those are really the three revenue streams for me. And then I have Taylor Burke home over here in the corner. That's a profitable business, but I, the reality is I'm just not that super passionate about it at this point in my life. And so, you know, I've hired other people to be passionate about it. Um, And that's okay. And that's one of the things that we teach a lot is as your businesses grow and evolve, your passions are going to change. I want to do things that bring me joy. And so what I'm doing today, 10 years from now, maybe something totally different, But I want to wake up to me, true success and living a purpose-filled life is getting to wake up every day and decide how I want to spend it. Okay. So what I would love to know is who has mentored you and what effect did they have on you? Obviously you're passing on that gift that somebody has given to you, but do you, you know, who has influenced you as you were growing up? My, both of my parents were entrepreneurs and my dad started a business from scratch. My mom was his biggest cheerleader and supporter. And then she went off and became like real estate agent of the, of the year in Columbia was amazing at it. And they, I believe that I, at a very young age, sort of gleaned that entrepreneurial spirit from them. And I remember being in elementary school and wearing hand-me-downs and, you know, my parents had no money mm-hmm. and my dad was just starting his business. I remember road trips where my mom packed the cooler because we weren't going to spend the money to stop at a convenience store and buy snacks. She always same. packed the cooler, right? Yes. My same. mom was very frugal. Yes. And so I still, when we travel, I pack the cooler and my kids make fun of me, but I'm like, why do we need to go spend 50 bucks at the 7-Eleven when we have all the snacks and drinks at home? Like why, why, to me, that's just dumb money. Why would we spend that? Money? Exactly. Do you also pack a roll of toilet paper and some yes. snacks in case you need toilet paper or somebody needs to throw up? Yes. I, I pack all kinds of stuff, little yeah. mini trash bags. I pack Ziplocs in case yes. we're somewhere and somebody wants to take some of their food to go. I mean, it's crazy the things that I still do, but I, I remember that feeling of being like six, eight, where I I wore, I remember wearing a lot of hand-me-downs. I remember one day for my birthday, one year for my birthday, I got hand-me-down skates and I just thought they were the greatest things ever, but they were not new skates. They were secondhand skates. I don't know where my mom got them from. And then there was this sort of transition where my parents, all of a sudden we had money, you know, my dad's business took off and, and things changed quite significantly, but I still remember, I remember not having any money. I run my business in a way that every dollar matters. 
Yes, every penny counts. And one of the things that I always teach in my programming to other entrepreneurs is that's great if you want to offload someone doing your books, but don't ever get so far away from it that you have no idea where your money's going. Because for a lot of, especially creative entrepreneurs, bookkeeping, nobody wants to do that, right? They, everybody, if you're a creative, you're like, that's something I want to offload. I'm going to hire an accountant. I'm going to have somebody that does my books. And that's wonderful. You should, but don't ever get so far away that you have no idea what you're spending your money on because your business will get away from you so fast. You're helping people like me. I was clearly touched by you. I mean, I knew you from Instagram and Tiki Talkie, as you call it. And I had a, you know, a connection with you on some level. And then I got to meet you in person and your depth and the rawness and your authenticity is, it's extraordinary. It, I can feel it. And when we had that moment at the, at the getaway where you just, you know, you were vulnerable and you opened up, it allowed four <clears throat> other girls to open up and shed some tears and sharing that with me. I, I received that. Thank you. Call you a fairy godmother because I don't, you know, I don't want to disregard your mentorship and your professionalism as the empire that you're growing. But I want you to know you do impact, not just on a cellular level level of, you know, we're getting things done and moving and shaking and we're making money, but you impact people on a spiritual and an emotional level that I don't think that it registers. Well, I will say that, thank you for that. Um, that is very life-giving to me. So thank you. Oh. I am a, a Christ follower. I've been I'm very upfront about my faith. I, I probably don't share it as much as I would like to. Um, but m most people that are in my community and follow me, they know that I'm a Christ follower. Um, yeah. And so what I would say is that is my one true North. When I think about what my purpose is and, and what I'm doing, that's my true North for everything in my life. And really, when I have questions about, should I do this? What should I be doing? I, I take it to Jesus. And I'm like, Jesus, what do you think about this? <laughs> what would you have me do? And I feel like as long as I'm following him and what he desires for my life, I can't go wrong. I've walked out a hard journey. You know my story. Yeah. Um, I, it's been a hard journey. And I think though, in that learning, there's always beauty from ashes. Yes. And that's the place that I am in my life right now is really realizing the beauty because everyone has a hard story. Every human walk on the planet has something hard that and they're dealing you, with. And if you don't, you just haven't lived long enough because that's happens. right. You're three months old. Yes. <laughs> You're it's a toddler. Yeah. Exactly. Because there's something, I, I mean, I never thought, oh, I had a hard life or anything of that nature. But as you get older and you're an adult and life happens and things do happen, I mean, you got to deal with it or don't deal with it and have those repercussions too. Mm -hmm. So you yeah. will, I mean, the thing is, is that you will do, you will deal with it. But the then, choice that you have is, do you want to deal with it in a healthy way or an unhealthy way? It all, it always comes out. Sometimes unhealthy at the beginning, but eventually you'll get to the healthy side. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so how do you, how do you process things when you feel frustrated or um, you've had something a negative that's gone on in your life that's impacting your emotional state? What do you do to unwind besides, you know, you know, going and praying and spending time in the word and talking to God? I, I think that, yes, in addition to that, it's important to make sure you're grounded every morning. So I'm not a big fan of just like waking up and starting your day willy nilly, like whatever gets thrown at you. I think you have to get very centered and whatever you believe in, whether that's God, the universe, some crystals, whatever it is. Exactly. I think that a morning routine is really, really important. 
morning routine where you wake up and let the dogs out and go number two and drink your coffee and take your kids to school. Something more than that. Mm -hmm. It's whether it's journaling or meditation or reading the Bible or, you know, praying, whatever it is. I think that you have to take time for yourself first. And especially as busy moms, that's hard to get sometimes because if you've got a partner or you've got kids running around or pets or whatever, the day can very easily get away from you. Mm-hmm. And I like to have my coffee and just a little bit of quiet. I don't need a lot. Even some mornings is 10 minutes, but something just for me to read my devotional, get ground, you know, just have, have a moment to recognize this place and time and where I am and whose I am before yeah. the day gets thrown at me. So I deal, <clears throat> I don't have a ton of trolls, but <laughs> I've dealt with my fair share of trolls online. And, you know, some people, and that's just inevitable. If you're going to have any kind of online presence, that's part of the gig. You're going yeah. to have that. And I'm a firm believer. I, I don't, it's like dealing with the tar baby. I don't, I don't get into the ring with trolls because there's no way for me to escape without getting the tar on me. Right. So I, I don't respond to trolls or I block them or I will go in if I'm feeling a little sassy and I will go in and say, Oh my goodness. Thank you so much for engaging with this post. I really appreciate it. (laughs) I love that. And sometimes they, they can't stand that. So sometimes they will double down and then they come back and they'll make another snarky comment. And then I will respond back and be like, I am blushing Thank you so much for boosting this video. That way the algorithm is going to show it to even more people. Thank you so much. I know. Have you seen that Cardi B where she's like, ha, ha, ha. Thanks to all my haters. (laughs) Do you remember that? Yes. Yes. She's so funny. I love her for doing that because it's exactly what the same situation. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, and they, they all, they always go away. And they, they either find somebody else or whatever they do, but they, they don't come back because they're looking for an interaction. They are looking for a negative interaction in some way because they need to get that dopamine fix and I won't give it to them. Instead, I'm like, thank you so much. Kissy face, kissy face. And so they, they just go away. I love it. My turn signal going right. You were on the Today Show, girlfriend. Yes, I was. Can we just boast about that? You were on the freaking Today Show. Yeah, that I will say that is definitely a pinch me moment. That is one when I'm 80 and I look back and I'm like, hey, kids, Gammy was on TV one time. (laughs) Um, You know, it is one of those where I'm like, wow, you know, that's that's a pretty cool experience. It's huge. I think I I told you this. They, They found me on TikTok. Did I tell you that? So, and I tell people, that's why I'm like, don't be sleeping on TikTok. I I have had some incredible experiences and opportunities because of TikTok. And as you know, people are more and more open to it now, but a year ago, two years ago, people would laugh like, oh, TikTok, isn't that just for, you know, 13 year olds dancing? And I'm like, no, it isn't. Follow the young people. They'll tell you what's trending though. Yes. Yeah, but it has been an incredible way. I mean, you just, you never know what eyeballs are watching you. And so I have been booked to speak at different conferences. I got the Today Show opportunity. So many things. I've gotten incredible clients that have turned into coaching clients for me from TikTok. And what I would say is, For me, I really enjoy, I get a lot of joy out of making short form video. So every now, you know, sometimes people will be like, I just don't know how you do it. And I'm like, to me, I I get excited sharing a get ready with me video while I'm talking about something that's happening in my life. Mm -hmm. Um, I like to share an easy recipe with people. I like to show you my Valentine's tablescape. Those things bring me joy. And so I tell people, 
first and foremost, before you even think about showing up on a certain platform, you need to understand why you're showing up, but you also want to do things that bring you joy. Yeah. And I have a lot of joy out of creating TikToks and reels and any kind of video format that, you know, for me, it's, it, it's not a chore. Now, some brand partnerships, of course, I'm like, okay, I'm Tuesday, I got to shoot this campaign. I got, I got to get this done yeah. and it is work. But a lot of the things I'm just sharing about my daily life, I have a lot of joy in that. They're very easy to watch. And you do. As a content creator, I, I look at and see what's trending and what are people watching? What is resonating with people? And my videos from two years ago would not even fly now. <laughs> they wouldn't, you know, they worked two years ago, but they're not, connect, they're not going to connect with my audience two years later in the same way. So my style has changed as I've learned more about, as I've gotten more comfortable in front of the camera and really learned about how to connect with my community, my style has changed. And I'm a lot more casual now. I don't worry as much. You know, remember, as I said earlier, I mean, I, I came from the old Instagram days back in 2012, 2014, where it was all around these stylized, beautiful, over-the-top images that you would hire like professional photographers to shoot. That That's, you know, where I cut my teeth. And so it has been a transition and a learning, it's a change for me to get much more casual where I'm like, well, today I'm shooting. I don't have any makeup on, or I'm going to put my makeup on, on video. Like eight years ago, I would have never done that. I haven't done that. That's for sure. I have done some videos without makeup on and uh, I don't know. It's a little rough, but yeah, it's nice when you see, somebody and you get to see them not be perfect and I do have people all the time come up and tell me oh you look so put together you look so this you look so that I, I think they've got three heads I'm like what are you talking about because I don't see that at all you so say maybe... thank you <laughs> that's right that's so right thank I you I receive that thank you yes I thank you I receive that yes but Anyways, I don't know where I was going. I mean, well, some days, I mean, I literally will look like Mrs. Roper on, and I'm just like, but that is the real me. If you were to have coffee with me when I first wake up, that is what I look like. The hair in a big bun, glasses, no makeup. That is what I really look like. Have you, have you always had that extravagant maximalist style? Or is that something that you obtained when you were with your travels and you just like took a little piece from when y'all were overseas? I think that, no, I, I've always had a good sense of style. I would say, you know, I was always someone who, that I, that I would consider myself stylish growing up, but always sort of following the trends. Now I'm in a place as I moved into my forties I think there is a shift that happens where you just don't care anymore. Yes. That, you, that, yes. you do not care anymore what society thinks, what other people think. You, I, I sort of entered into this era of my life <clears throat> where I was like, what makes me happy? And I was also coming out of a season where I literally wore black yoga pants, a black t-shirt, and then I would like pop it with a colorful sweater and hair in a bun. I did that for years. Girl, I wore leggings and oversized t-shirts, I think, for 10 years. Before for years. I mean, after yeah. having kids, like it took me, yes. I, I just wanted comfort. I didn't feel yes. my best. I had a few extra pounds. Yes. I just, I was like, Bleh, and I was so busy taking care of toddlers that I didn't have time to put my face on. I didn't have time to fix my hair. It just went up every day. <clears throat> I was starting, you know, this fledgling company and working every minute of the day, trying to get this business off the ground. And I really let myself go. I neglected myself. And I remember, and I've created a piece of content about this uh, several years ago, but I had a friend that said to me at one point, she was like, 
your brand is Julianne Taylor style. And sweetie, I don't, your, your clothing does not reflect your brand. I, Cause I don't see a whole lot of style in your wardrobe. Who said this to you? This was a really good friend of mine. And at first I was very, I was like, what? mean I'm not styling you know that you know it really bothered me but when I went away and thought about it I was like she's exactly right and I will tell you that is a good friend that can have an honest conversation with you like that and I really took that to heart to say that doesn't reflect my business. Here I am. I'm a wallpaper designer. I'm working with interior designers and selling them products. And like, this is how I'm showing up in the world. And I really do believe that clothing, I talked about this the other day, clothing carries an energy to it. Yes, it does. When you get up in the morning and you put something on, now, whether that is yoga pants or it's a sequin turban, it doesn't matter what it is. Because it's carrying the energy that you feel in the clothing. So if you feel confident and ready to hit the day and all the things in yoga pants, wonderful. But if you are feeling confident by putting on a sequin turban, like that's how you need to show up in the world. Because whatever you put on your body needs to carry the joy that you feel about yourself. And so whatever energy you're carrying into the day, you're carrying it to all your meetings, all of your conversations, your interactions with other people, everything you do for the rest of the day, the clothing that you've chosen to put on your body, that energy is carried with it. So for people that say like, well, it just doesn't matter. It does matter. It does matter what you get up and decide to put on your body because there's an energy to that that you take into every space that you enter into that day. So when you ask me the question, you know, how did this transition happen? I'm in a season right now where I'm just like, I just do not care. I do not care what society thinks, what other people think. I wear what makes me happy. And I get that sometimes it's, it's over the top. My kids will say like, I know you have an event to go to tonight, but when you come to the school meeting first, can you not wear a turban (laughs) or can you, can you dress in normal clothing when you come to the school meeting? Oh my gosh. Um, So funny because you know, they're, I'm, I'm not like a lot of other moms and I get that, you know, but it's funny to them because like sometimes people in the front office will be like, is your mom Juju? You know, I, I follow your mom. And so then, then all of a sudden they think mom's cool. Mom's, mom's kind of cool. I'm still cringy. I'm still more cringy than cool, but they, you know, they get it and they, you know, they respect the fact that I am a bit extra, but I'm, I'm certainly not going to make myself smaller or less than because that makes other people feel comfortable. The way I really, I look at, I'm like, that's, that's a you problem. If this is too much for you, that sounds like a you problem to me. <laughs> I love it. I think it's super fun. It's chic. It's it's the maximalist. You know, you have your accessories and the turban mm-hmm. and the caftans. Oh, my gosh. Hey, did I tell you about that? I'm switching gears. Did I tell you about that party that I hosted, the caftans, casseroles, and cocktails? Yes. Party? Yes. I need to find my pictures and send them to you because it was fabulous. It was so it was so much fun. I have no doubt that it was incredible. And right. I mean, like, again, it's, you put on a caftan and fancy clothing and maybe a turban or a beaded bag or something, special shoes that you love. There is an energy about that experience. There is a change. There is a shift in your energy when you put on something where you're like, Ooh, this is fancy or, Ooh, I feel good in this. There's a shift that happens that I think is really important. And especially for women, we are socialized, as I said earlier, to be smaller, to be less than, don't be too loud. Don't be too much. Don't take up too much space. And I really want to bust through the patriarchy on those. Yeah, please. If I'm too much for you, then that's a you problem. Mm Mm-hmm. Amen on that. Okay. Can we talk about Carson and your book, Design Her? Because I didn't know you had a book. And 
I think I need to buy it. And I'm noticing that Carson, the designer, reading it on your Instagram. <laughs> I'm like, how the how the hell do you get in contact with all these people? Like, girl, you know everybody. Well, I wouldn't say that I know everybody, but I do know a lot of people. And what I would what I would say is, in every circle, it's really a small community. And you know, which is part of the reason I'm like. Don't ever think you're going to burn a bridge and it's not going to come back to bite you because every community, everybody knows everybody in, in a community or industry. And I met a lot of people in the design world from Taylor Burke home. You know, I've had that company for 12 years. We had booths in High Point and Atlanta for years. I would go to market once a quarter. I do two High Points, two Atlanta markets every year. And so when I would go, you would, you meet all the designers, the heads of every other home decor company, you meet all them at market. And so a lot of my relation publicists, you know, editors of magazines, they're all at market. So in that industry of interior design and home decor, it's a really tightly knit community. So I just from being a, you know, being on the road show, doing these trade shows to sell our products that's how I met a lot of people. Now we have not been to market in two years. When COVID hit, there were no trade shows and we shifted that company to be 100% completely. It's online now. So we sell through other online platforms and we haven't been to market since and I have no plans to go back to market. But the benefit of going to market, when people ask me, they're like, how did you get these license deals? And I'm like, I'll tell you, it's from being at market being in the same space with the heads of all of these other companies and they would come by our showrooms and be like, wow, you know, it's very colorful and lots of pattern. And, you know, I would meet them and we built a relationship and, you know, from their perspective, I think it was kind of like, okay, this lady, we love her style. She doesn't seem to be too much of a diva. She doesn't seem to be (laughs) difficult to work with. And she's pretty savvy when it comes to social media. Why don't we, why don't we do a collection together? So all of my license deals were made at market. These were people that I met and made relationships with, and that turned into a product collaboration. So when you want to do something like that, I, I do get asked that question a lot. I'm like, you need to go where the people are. So uh, lots of times artists or other people are like, well, I'd love to do a pajamas collection with so-and-so, or I'd love to do a tabletop line with so-and-so. And And I'm like, have you ever been to Atlanta market? They're like, no, I'm like, well, then you need to get your badge and go. You need to be where the people, the decision makers are. You need to develop relationships with those people, start specifying their products, using their products and your content and tagging them. They, at this stage of the game, they don't know who you are. So market was an incredible, just an incredible experience that opened a lot of doors for me. I didn't go to design school, so I didn't know that. So that's, that's very interesting to me. I know people that go to market. I know people that have been at market or I see them and they tag that they're at, you know, the Dallas market. And I'm like, tell me, I'll come visit you. I'll come say hi. Because, you know, when I worked for a global paint company, we could get in there and, and bebop around. So, you know, you can get your badge, like you said, and go. But is the Atlanta market the market or is it every city, every state has one? There are tons. Um, there's Vegas, New York. Uh, there's all Chicago. There are all kinds of different markets to go to. But America's Mart in Atlanta is a big one. And especially for creators that are kind of in the Southeast Uh, or designers in the South. I mean, that's just a market that a lot of people go to kind of east of the Mississippi. So if somebody is creating some kind of item and they're a creator, they need to go to the Atlanta's market is what you're saying. They they need to find a way to at least get a badge and go and then find out how to get a booth. Well, not necessarily get a booth. I mean, get a booth if you have a product to sell, but walk the show, go and meet people. If you are any kind of artist or designer and you have the hopes of licensing your artwork 
go to market and meet those companies, go walk into their showrooms, tell them, have your little media kit with you, um, have your materials that you can give them and start pick like five companies that you want to work with and just start, start buying their products, using it in your content, sharing it on your social media, develop that relationship with them. And the other piece is a couple things. When you go to market, if you are any kind of content creator, you can go in under a press badge, apply for a press badge for your blog or Thank even your you. podcast faith. You know, That's you could be like, I'm, I'm a pod. I'm a podcaster. I'm, I'm applying for a press badge. Um, and I'm going to genius. I had no idea. Thank you, Juju. <laughs> um, and I'm going to, I'm going to, um, record a couple of episodes for market, you know, yes. like set those up with a couple of people before market and record a couple of podcasts while you're there. Anything, just get creative. And, um, you could go in under a press badge. I used to go in under an exhibitor's badge because I had a booth there. But now that we don't, I, I haven't been back in a while, but I plan to go. I, I want to go this summer. I'm going to go in under a press badge as a, as a blogger um, because I'm a content creator. So you could do that. You, you could have a booth if you sell products um, or you could go in as a buyer. So if you sell products on your website or you have a brick and mortar store you can go in as a buyer under a buyer's badge and you've got to apply for that and all those things. But there are, there are ways to get into those markets and you can go and develop relationships. And what I would tell to people is it's not just like, Oh, I'm going to show up, meet the heads of these companies and give them my media kit and boom, I'm going to have a licensed collection of wallpaper before you even think about doing that. You need to think from their perspective, what do you have to bring to the table? Because that's how they're going to be looking at it. You know, yeah. license deals are, are not the easiest thing to just make happen. So they, and now a lot of companies, they want to work with celebrities or they want to work with people that have massive social media followings. So if you're, if you don't have a presence on social media, if you're not a customer of theirs, if there's not something special about you right now, work towards creating that, creating that because you have to think about you're a dime a dozen knocking on their door. Hundreds of people are asking them, let's do a product collaboration. Mm. And so for the company, they're like, okay, sounds great, but who are you and what, what are you bringing to the table? And there are even companies out there that are like, we won't even talk to you unless you have a hundred, a hundred thousand followers on any one platform. Right. Or, um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I think for a lot of companies, they, you're, you're going to get the volume. And I would also say like, nobody's making a million dollars off of one licensed deal. Oh. Um, you know, you're, it's mail money. You're not making it's, it's exposure, it's legitimacy that adds to your brand. It's sort of all the things, but you get five, six, seven, eight license deals going as a true lifestyle brand. That's pretty good gig. It's a pretty good little revenue stream for you. So I, I get asked that a lot about, Hey, I want to license my artwork. I want to get into that. And, you know, I, I just, I always encourage people to really think about what's involved in that and what the return is on that, because it's, you're not making a bazillion dollars. It's right. just not how that works. It can be lucrative. Um, but it's, there's, there are some obstacles to entry that have to be worked through um, to make those deals happen. This with all the guests and we kind of do a audio tour of the paint colors in their home. Do you know what your paint colors are? Oh gosh, you did ask me that before. And I was like, Oh, I need to pull my paint colors. <laughs> I do know one a place that I film in a lot is my dining room and it's Sherwin Williams Kilkenny. Yes. Yes. It's one it's of my favorite greens. And, um, it's just a beautiful, beautiful, deep, bold green color. That's bright and happy and it's yep. deep, but it's also bright and, um, it looked good. looks good in all kinds of sun daylight hours of the day. And, um, I get asked that a lot because I, I do film all of my tablescapes in the dining room. Um, 
but every other color in the house, I don't know off the top of my head what they are, but you've seen, you've seen the tour of my house. There's either wallpaper on the ceiling or a bold color somewhere. I'm a big fan of bold, bright colors. Uh, yes. And I love that. And so do you have anything coming up that we need to talk about? Um, you know, right now I've, I've got another mastermind group that's starting in February and it's really for anyone that is in the creative products or services space. So you have a brick and mortar, you have an online business, you have your graphic designer, anything in the service industry that's creative. Um, a lot of product designers or even people that source product that have an online business. It's a great mastermind. And again, the revenue accelerator program is to help you grow your business to a million dollars in revenue. So that's something I'm really excited about um, opening up in February. So yeah, so that's what's kind of next on, that's what's next on the horizon uh, in the coming weeks. I know. I don't know where when you sleep. You do so much. It, you know, I'm about working smarter and not harder. I mean, I... <laughs> I know it seems like I'm everywhere because I, I do produce a lot of content, right? but the more, here's the thing, the more content you make, the, the faster you get at making the content. Okay. That makes sense to me. So, because people, they're like, you're, you're everywhere. I mean, I, your, your reels come up all the time. What else do you do? And I'm like, I've gotten, a, I've gotten really, really good at creating video content. So it doesn't take me as long as you would think. Yeah. And once you get comfortable in front of the camera, it just takes time. My major in college is radio, television, and film. And so doing this podcast, I f it feels like home to me because when we learned in college how to edit, it was these big machines. It took forever. It was all, it was manual. And now you have this app you download and a click of a button and you move the, move your mouse or move your fingers, pinch or zoom. And you're done. It's so much easier. I wish that I wish the technology had been invented a lot earlier because it does. It makes it really nice. Yeah. I mean, there's just the, the iPhone I use for everything. Right. I mean, like, go ahead. I'm so sorry. I was just going to say, I mean, I, you know, it is my business tool. I use it for everything. Do you have the latest one? No, I've got the 12 Pro Max, but this year okay. I'm, I'm getting the 13 or when the 14 comes, I'm, I'm whatever the latest one is. And for me, it's, you know, the quality of that camera. I, I use it for everything. Can so, we please, can we please talk about this really quickly mm -hmm. that people need to clean the lens on their camera before they take pictures or videos? Because I know that that camera is not a Nokia from 2000. They need to wipe the screen off. The clarity of their images could just simply be from that. Yes. Um, and I have made the mistake sometimes where I, and I always tell my husband, I'm like, I give him the camera and I'm like, clean the, clean the lens, clean the lens. Because all it takes is one time where you needed to get some really good footage or get the mm -hmm. shot and it's blurry that you, you will clean that lens every single time. Yes, I it, a long time you know ago. your fingers are are oily and sticky, and especially when I'm filming um, recipe content, it's very easy to get that camera dirty. So, yes, you always have to clean those lenses, the front and the back. My husband always thinks I'm a loony when I'm doing it. He's like, "Why do you keep doing that?" I go, "Because it looks like I have an old-fashioned camera if I don't do it. It just looks foggy, and I can't. I mean, it's fine if you need that filter." If you need yeah. that like filter of the smooth skin and stuff, it's great. But otherwise, yeah. Okay. So let's talk about your websites. Where, how can people reach you and find you? You have your Instagram, Julianne Taylor style. Um, you can find me on Instagram, Julianne Taylor style, same handle for TikTok. Um, there's also a lot of links that I keep on my blog. So in, in a lot of the content I do, there's, you can only link one thing, right? And mm -hmm. people are like, well, where'd those earrings come from? Where'd that top come from? Where? And so there are lots of things I will link on my blog or the LTK app. If you know, you're following me for fashion, um, that you can find there and get to things. If I do tablescapes, you know, there's lots of products on that table 
that need to be linked. So you can always go to my blog and, and find information there. Okay. If, is there anything else you want to share with us? Go get your mammograms. Take care of yourself. Yes. Uh, go get your mammograms and make sure that you're going to all your follow-up appointments, dentist, you know, health appointments, anything like that. You want to make sure you're, you're taking care of yourself because you can't take care of other people. It's like putting, you know, on the airplane, they always say, put on your oxygen mask first mm -hmm. before you put it on others. It's the same idea for us. Yeah. Thank you so much for spending part of your day with me. I know you are busy, busy, and this was early in the morning, but I'm so glad I got to have a little piece of you. Well, I have loved spending time with you. So thank you so much for having me. Well, it's my pleasure. Come back anytime. You're always welcome. And I can't wait to see you in March at the New England Coastal Creative Conference. Yes, yes, girl. 